This is a special episode. We're wrapping up our review of The Shackleton Expanse. I'm Michael Dismuke, freelance writer for Star Trek Adventures and uh, a blogger on Continuing Missions, the number one fan site for Star Trek Adventures RPG. And we have with us Jim Johnson. Introduce yourself, Jim, please. Jim Johnson, uh, science fiction fantasy writer, project manager, lead editor for uh, Star Trek Adventures, Modifius Entertainment. Um, yep, that's me. All right, now this is a sensitive chapter. I'm telling you all, we're gonna treat this with a lot of sensitivity because we're gonna be reviewing chapter six through 10 of the Shackleton Expanse. Why so many chapters in one chunk? Well, because honestly, we don't want any spoilers. I'm gonna tell a true story. I won't call anyone out, though they're all my group and so they're gonna know who they are. But they just said one little line in a group chat and basically ruined my plot for one of these entire, <laughs> just gave it away what the players were to, were to expect. So I had to change the whole thing. So, mm. so I want to treat with respect the fact that players are listening to this, game masters are listening to this, and, and I don't want to ruin any of the suspense that's in the games. That's fair, right, Jim? Absolutely. Okay, good. So what we're going to do is an overview, a light a light powdering of chapter six uh, and seven, first of all. Now, these are about the Tilakal saga in its grandeur and also about exploring the expanse. So, so these two chapters do have a significant difference between them. Talk to us about that, Jim, the format of the stories in six and the format of the stories in seven. Yeah, so uh, chapter six uh, presents the, the, the big 10-part campaign that uh, that we started in the living campaign, you know the the free the free adventures we were giving out for a couple of years, um, and then um, and then continues it to a a conclusion of sorts, right? It's we really leave it up to the game master to figure out what do you do with all this content. Uh, this is not necessarily a, uh, a campaign that you run from A to Z and you're done. Uh, there is there is so much room in here for expansion and changing and morphing and whatever. Um, even though I say that this is a 10 part campaign, like seriously, every single one of these episodes could be expanded into a multi part, like multi multi, you know, episode season in and of itself. Right. Um, you don't have to just do it like, you know, this isn't like a 10 session campaign and you're done. Like th these things have a lot of meat to them. Right. This could take you a long time to go through as a game master and a group of players. There, there's a, you know, just a lot of potential here for some serious, serious longevity. And, but again, that's ultimately entirely up to the group, right? You, you know, one one group of players and game master might do this in you know a few months. Uh, another one could span this out for you know for years and years and years. So um, I can say for hours, it probably we I truncated it into I think between six and eight episodes. If I think about piecing it, and actually out of those six to eight episodes. I melded multiple modules together. So we're really playing probably about 13 of the stories. Mm -hmm. um, I plan to use other stories in another part of the galaxy because that's how, or no, actually another galaxy. But um, I, what I'll speak again without giving away any spoilers, in, in chapter six, 
is is a lot of detail. So you get a pretty good model of the stories. You get really good art, which is what I like about the chapter six stories, mm-hmm. because I was able to really base a lot of my story off that art, the schematics that are in the book. Um, you get a lot more characterization of the characters who we'll talk about in chapter eight, allies and adversaries. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, we play a very sandbox in our game. So I don't like too much structure. So that's where I dragged in and designed around the ex- chapter seven, which are the mission briefs. So I want to say the word mission mission briefs, which are some of my favorite ways to play the game. There are so many mission briefs mm, yeah. in this book that, like you said, you can easily go four or five seasons. Did you, did you count how many mission briefs? Uh, yeah, there's, there's 26 next gen era and 10 more original series. And that's, uh, I mean, the mission briefs are, um, you know, standalone story or not standalone, but they're, they're discrete, you know, episodes. Uh, so between the 35 mission briefs and the 10 full length adventures, I mean, you got, you got 45 episodes here. That's that's two seasons worth of uh, Star Trek, right? I mean, easy on, if it was on TV, I mean, if, if not more. Game, right. If you game every week, like some people do, you have over a year, you have a, almost a year's worth of stories. Yeah. That gives yeah, time for people to get a little COVID and be off for 10 days, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not to make light of it, but just, oh, the yeah. flu. We'll, we'll go back to calling it the flu or the cold. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, you you literally have a year's worth of gaming here if you play every week, which blows my mind. I mean, has there ever been a game like that before? I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, uh, the the model, not the model, it wasn't a model, but the, one of the inspiration points for, for me developing this was the uh, the great Pendragon campaign that uh, Greg Stafford developed for his game, Pen, Pendragon. And like, if you, I, I don't have it handy, but the, the Pendragon campaign is a super, super meaty, like 500 page tome which is all about Arthur and his knights. And like from the very beginning before with Uther Pendragon all the way through the saga. And it's like, it's just this massive gigantic campaign. And uh, I've never been in an opportunity to play through the whole thing. I played through like the first two chapters, which is like, you know, 30 pages <laughs> of this giant book. And I was like, oh, I want to do something like that for Star Trek. It would be so cool to have just this giant massive campaign that you could spend years playing with and then do it again and make it completely different, right? Uh, so just, I wanted to throw just as many plot hooks and tools and mission briefs and stuff in here so that a game master uh, could take it and just go, go wild with it. Well, I have to, and I'm going to have to ask, cause now with you saying that, do you think that they'll ever be anything this big again when it comes to Star Trek adventures? I mean, so much work went into this and so many yeah. stories, 30, 40 something stories. I mean, all these new species, all this new science, all this new technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you give us any kind of inkling? Is something like that ever going to come within the next three or four years again? I, you know, honestly, I mean, I mean, no, there's nothing, there's nothing like this on the schedule. Um, we certainly have ideas, right? But it, but a lot of it really depends entirely on how this one does, right? Like this, this is a really massive book, right? This is 320 pages. It, it grew as as i continue to develop it and uh you know there's that there's that challenge are in a capitalist society and we have to make money on these products and uh i just you know i I know this book is selling well and people are receiving it very well but uh um i i just don't know if we could do another 320 page book right that's just so much it's so much i mean this was this was five years in the making i i don't think i have another five years in me to do something like this again like I want to do more different products, right? More right. smaller products would be great. Cause like yeah. li- literally I developed this book right after doing the Klingon book. And that Klingon book was 400 pages. And then I did another 320 page book on top of that. 
while I was also editing the 300 page um, um, uh, tricorder digest, right? So that's just, that's a thousand pages worth of stuff I was working on last year. And I was like, I really want some shorter products. <laughs> Can I ask, do you, I mean, off the top of your head, do you know how many different writers just did the stories? I know there's, a, I know the front has, the table of contents has everyone listed. Yeah. Do you know how many were involved in all the mission briefs and the stories? The models? Uh, about a dozen, I think. Maybe maybe a couple more because I because it was like it was all the original living campaign writers right because we re, we reused all their stuff um, and in a couple of cases I had the original writers come back and, and change their full length adventures into mission briefs um, and then it was um, you know the five of us doing the the rest of the campaign from from uh, parts uh, five through ten just to put a some sort of notional continuation slash conclusion to it um, although to be honest by the time we get to the to the part ten. Like there are ways to kind of bring it to a re a resolution, not the resolution, but there's still so many places you could expand it after that point. And of course, by that point, you know, we were, by, by, by part nine and part 10, like we were throwing so many possibilities out there because we, we just didn't know where it would go because it's entire, there's so much in here that's dependent on what the players do and what the game master wants to do that, uh, you know, where we were just kind of like shooting in the dark to some extent. We were like, you know, we can write up to a certain point. It's like, well, but what are they going to do now? So let's yeah. just throw, let's just throw ideas at them and give them give them give them the tools to play with, you know. And remind uh, us how long this took. I know that there was a slight interruption because of the pandemic. It slowed <laughs> down a little bit. What was the total time it took to put together the whole book? I mean, honestly, we 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 were we we didn't imagine this being a book back in 2016. But like the development of this was right at the very beginning of the of the game, right? But we were we were dropping hook, we were dropping hints to this in the core book, right? There's a couple of sidebars in the core book, and there's even references to the Shackleton expanse in the core book, because uh, that and and Sam, uh, you know, a lot of the artwork that he developed in the core book was directly related to the Till Call saga, even though he didn't really know exactly how it was going to fit in. It was up to me and uh, uh, Sean Merwin and some other folks to like start weaving those those pieces of art into the story, right? And I know you appreciate this because you love the artwork and you love creating stories around the artwork. That's literally what we did is I pulled out the, the core book and said, okay, here's these, you know, 20 pieces of art that I'm pretty confident are related to the expanse. You know, you write this episode that relates to this piece of art. I'll write this episode that re relates to this piece of art. And all that art ended up being reused right here in the, in the book because I didn't want to not use it. Um, so, I mean, the, this book has been truly five years in the making because we really started this book at the very beginning, even though we didn't know what it was going to look like, right? We we thought about some different form factors for this product. We thought, would it be a box set? Would it be, you know, a series of books, a series of shorter books? Would it be one big book? And uh, just the way, you know, timing worked out, especially with COVID, um, we decided just to go with a, with a, a big meaty hardcover and just, uh, you know, drop it on. <laughs> And drop it on the world of the Star Trek Adventures world and just see what happens. And, uh, and that's, and that's where it is. So now I have to ask, are you ready when, when Paramount comes to you to ask you to adapt this for strange new world season four, are you going to be able to do that for us? You bet. <laughs> they got right. my number. They know where to find me. I'm not hard to find. For it, Jim. This Call me. A great story. I, I dream. Ready. Let's do it. <laughs> right. I, I dream of, seeing uh we talk about it some of these concepts in another format and of course tv would be the best and it would be great to see your name pop up there one day i mean uh, story you know, by <laughs> yeah that would that would be amazing um yeah i'm not holding my breath but you know i know that i know that in 
because I'm on Twitter all the time with all these people. Um, there are a number of avid gamers in the Star Trek production teams on all the different series. And uh, some of the actors are big RPGers. And like, so I, I know some of them are familiar with the game and are aware that we're out here. Some of them probably more than others. Uh, but I, I'm just waiting for the day where I'm just kicking back, watching an episode, and they'll mention something in passing, and they'll be like, oh, what? What did they just say? You'll yeah, cry. They, Your son's uh, going to be like, why are you crying? Why are you crying? Yeah, they're, they're going to mention the Shackleton Expanse, or they're going to mention the tail call in passing, or the Calmerans or something. And yeah. I'll, I'll just, like, my head will explode because it'll just be amazing. See, my dream uh, for so, you we'll is see. in the in the background, like people are walking through the ship and, and you just see like a Calmarin cross in the, like in a corridor, just quickly, <laughs> just faded, just, just slightly. Just, just passing by, yeah. Uh, if, if they have any love for the fans, just do that one little thing. We would yeah. be dropping yeah. that. We'll so, see. So, yeah, so again, um, I, I want to just say from someone who's playing through it, the Tillicall saga is juicy, it's meaty, it's epic. Um, I tried to make it episodic, but I just couldn't because I wanted to weave together all these concepts. I prefer episodic Star Trek myself, um, but I ended up going uh, campaign on this one. Um, and then the mission briefs again, I'll just say one last thing about them is I'm now picking them apart for the concepts. So even after I finish, say, our epic telecall saga, there's some really good story and science concepts in them. Um, and I'll be definitely bringing those into future campaigns, even if it's not related strictly to the Shackleton Expanse. Mm -hmm. Anything else before we talk about Chapter 8? Um, just, uh, just to mention yeah, chapter seven, exploring the expanse, there's, uh, so in addition to the, you know, the 35 mission briefs that we dropped in here for, for game masters to pick apart and do whatever they want with, um, I tried to provide some guidance in here about how to, uh, make the expanse your own, uh, some different types of stories that you could tell involving the expanse, uh, just, you know, different, um, angles that you can take on it. it this, this is, this was, uh, expanded into the player's guide and game master guide, where we talk about the styles of play, those eight styles of play. This was kind of the foundation of that, where I was like, uh, you know, you can tell all kinds of different stories and all kinds of different tones and stuff. And uh, so we try to provide some guidance on that, uh, provide some guidance on using the till call in the Enterprise era and the original series era. Like if you're feeling like you, you're tired of the next gen era and you want to do something different. Uh, again, just trying to provide just a ton of advice and ideas and plot hooks and just all kinds of meaty stuff for, for game masters to, to chew on. Also provided some, some advice in here for players about uh, what role you're playing, like if you're the captain or the science officer or the security officer, things to be thinking about for your character, like you're in the expanse, what, how can you advance yourself, whether with like, like talents or focus, focuses or whatever, like what, what you, should, you should be thinking about as a character to help you with the role playing and, and getting into uh, working with your game master to develop your character, like your plot, your, your character arcs and your, uh, you know, your advancement, your milestones, whatever, your, whatever version of the um, advancement system you're using. Just try to give you some ideas in here about how to to make all of this stuff apply to to your character and how you want them to grow and uh, and develop. Yeah, we talked about it too in my interview with Lee Woolsey about even the coloring on the mission briefs um, mm -hmm. and the design around it, so that you know which characters might enjoy yeah. that mission more, but they're secondary characters. So if you have a chance and you really want to get into the schematics and the maps of the Shackleton Expanse, watch that Lee Woolsey interview. There's even one that. Mm -hmm leans for the graphic designers and he talks about how he builds these the difference between vector graphics and 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 such um so it really we we've dissected this book <laughs> you know which is really cool um and these of course the crux of it to me are going to always be the modules and the stories um that help drive the imagination so many it's just unbelievable so many 
And the last thing I'll say is the, the mission briefs, they span a good chunk of Star Trek uh, lore, like from the original series, all the way up to the very beginning of Picard, because I, I was able to drop in some, um, uh, we, had the sp we had the space for mission briefs that covered the Dominion War, uh, even into uh, the movies and Nemesis. There's a, there's a mission brief that relates to Nemesis. And then there's also a mission brief that relates to the Hobus uh, supernova. And, sure. and what does the Shackleton Expanse, you know, range of species, how do they react to that, right? Because like the Romulan space isn't that far away. What happens when all of a sudden there's millions of Romulan refugees leaving Romulan space? Some of right. them are going to head toward Narendra Station. Some of them are going to head toward Shackleton. Uh, so what, what does that mean? What does that mean for the balance of power? And, and like, it, hopefully, like, if the player characters are, like, deeply involved in that whole power thing, like, like, like the whole, um, you know, the negotiations and the diplomacy and all that stuff, like, how, how does it, how does that supernova impact the storyline? And, and then you've got a whole new season worth of stuff to build on on top of what we've already got here. Well, that module, again, that's called the Expanse Initiative. Yeah. Um, it's also a stepping stone to the Kelvin verse. There's again, I was talking about how the Kelvin timeline, you know, Spock danced in both universes. And for those who think, well, it should have gone this way. It should have gone that way. I was like, Oh, this is the, this is the one that's going to do it. So I was thinking that already. And then when I saw this, this mission brief, I was like, thank you. You know, like just leaving the doors, giving me some uh, plot seeds that I can use to tighten up, to, to tighten up the story. So I, I'm this, is involved in mine, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I want to. I want to just say, I know we want to move on, but the the last little Easter egg I'm going to drop in here, just just because I know some people, some of our fans really appreciate like the behind the scenes stories about how these books come together. Um, the Expanse Initiative, the last mission brief that's presented in the book, uh, which is the latest in the timeline, right? This is early 2380s, uh, next gen, late late next gen into into lower decks, right before Picard. Um, this mission brief was the very last piece of content added to the book. And the reason for that is entirely to do with the, with the nitty gritty stuff that you were talking to Lee about, about how when you take a, a Word, Microsoft Word manuscript, and you have to translate that into a, into a layout design, as you're working through it, sometimes you discover that you have to, you have to fill pages, right? Because all of our books, the new chapters start on the recto, on the right-hand side page. Right. So if you're develop, if you're laying out a chapter and, and your your chapter, all your chapter content ends on a recto, mm -hmm. you, you got to do something with that last page. You got to you got something either it's a full, a full page piece of art or you got to like you just have to do something with it. And, and Lee, Lee was like, OK, so, you know, we were working hard on this layout last summer and um, he came up with this chapter and he was like, I'm a, I'm a page off. I need a page of content. And I was like, because me personally, like as much as I love the artwork that we use as a game master and a writer, I hate using up a page for just art. Like I would rather fill that with content, like more plot hooks, more story, more things for, for game masters and players to use. So I was like, okay, you know what? I have a day, right? I knew I knew I had a day that, that we needed to lock this thing down. This is one of the last things we did. I was like, okay, Lee, I'm going to write one more mission brief. So, so take that page. And just put the put the template in there. Put the mission brief template in there. I'll send you the 500 words of text, text or what, whatever it was. And I just I banged this out um, over a long night, and I sent it to the proofreader to give it a, a spot check because I didn't want to edit my own stuff. I hate editing my own stuff. I need someone else to look at it. Um, and I was like, okay, this totally makes sense. We need to relate to Picard. We need to relate to Lower Decks. Let's let's fit this in and like potentially use this as a gateway to even more story. 
And so this this ended up being the very last piece of content that we dropped into the book, only by virtue of the, of the needs of the layout. Because the, because when <laughs> when we when we do these books and these layouts, like so much tweaking goes into the the layout that you have literally no idea. Like the fans probably, unless you do this stuff for a living, you have no idea how much how much fine tuning there is to the manuscript once it gets into layout. And I was just really pleased. Like, I mean, ultimately it worked out that uh, we needed that space filled. And uh, and I, I think it adds something to the to the whole mythology, or not the mythology, but the, you know, needs, the whole story. The needs of the mini pages. So happy accident. And uh, the needs of the mini pages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, sure. But now I'll go read the <sighs> one more time, knowing you, you did it over midnight and a little bit of insomnia. That's going to be interesting. But definitely this this is a key key mission brief for our game. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's now get into uh, chapter eight, allies and adversaries. Um, I'll just say, you know, one of the things I was so happy that this dropped um, because they are all in one place. We got some really interesting characters. We talked earlier mm-hmm. about Narendra Station in itself. Um, there was one uh, 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 typo which you caught, which which I saw uh, was sent out as as a as a fix and. Cargan in here right. originally was missing the focuses, but that for anybody who said, "Hey, why doesn't General Cargan have any focuses?" It's been fixed, and it's actually uh, we have an addendum on that, right? Yeah, I posted it on uh, Facebook and Twitter, and I'm I'm working on a revised errata file. It'll get it'll get into the errata, and then uh, if and when we uh, if and when we reprint this thing, um, I'll, I'll I'll try to get it fitted in there. I think that was just a victim of the layout. Again, the layout, right? Um, yeah. I think that was just because of where the focuses are in the in the stat blocks. It's right at the page break between 245 and 246. And I think that that little tiny section of text just got dropped. Exactly. And I, man, I had it in my bookmark. I, I was going to read it out to everyone in case you were just focuses. Yeah. 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 I had it somewhere here. I was going to read them all out, but I think my post-it note dropped. So that's, oh, wait, wait, uh, uh, I think I have it. Give me one second. I did put it in here. I'm very organized like that. So for those of you who who are just uh, listening to the podcast and are wondering what General Cargan's uh, uh, (laughs) focuses are, here they are. Okay, get a pen and paper. I gave you time to get your phone ready. It's (laughs) bureaucracy, hand-to-hand combat, intimidation, leadership, Starship tactics and station operations. So there it is, just in case you're a listener and not a reader. There will be a test later. <laughs> All right, there. So, um, so that was really cool to see this, and even some of the artwork de- depicting the characters, which I thought was super helpful for visual visualization in our game. Did you have any favorite characters there? Uh, honestly, the entire command crew of uh, Starbase three sixty four in Ranger Station. Um, I, I did short paragraphs for each of them, or for most of them in the uh, in the Beta Quadrant book because we had you know uh, some pages to fill in Beta, and we wanted to put a little bit of stuff in there about the Shackleton Expanse uh, because we knew that when we were doing the Living Campaign, uh, we just didn't have the the means or the room to add more detail into those adventures because we were really focused on doing the adventures and continuing the story. Um, I always wanted to have an opportunity to 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 tell players and game masters more about the station, more about the expanse, more about the characters that are there, because like the conceit was we were we were telling everybody, go to Narendra Station and then use that as your launching off point to go into the expanse. But in those living campaign adventures, we never really had much of an opportunity to um to like detail the station. I tried to do it a little bit in um 
in, in Convoy, uh, SE113 or whatever the name of that episode was. And um, I tried to do that that long prelude at the beginning when the when the players are on the station, interacting with the Klingons, getting into a bar fight, maybe, you know, having some time, just some downtime to interact, because I know that's what, you know, uh, players and in, in role-playing games love to do, is they like to have that little bit of downtime to do some character interactions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, finally, with this book, I was like, okay, now I can finally present the NPCs, you know, Cargan, uh, Bear all the different uh, uh, command staff people. And so, I, I mean, I really enjoyed writing them up. I think my favorite is probably uh, uh, Dr. Tolliver and um, the two security um, officers, uh, Lieutenant Commander DeVelli and uh, Lieutenant Cabell. Because uh, of course, you know, with the, with, when, you have a, when you have a partner uh, security team, like it's always nice to play the opposites, right? You got the, the big gruff Klingon and the really small Zach Dorn. And it's like, how would they, like, I want to see a series just on them, just the, the way they interact and play off each other and, uh, and, and do things, you know? But uh, I, I just tried to put in some really cool plot hooks for each of them so that each of these characters were like, you know, kind of fully fleshed out, but had enough room to do different things if a game master wanted to do something different with them. Um, I had two, I had two favorite yeah. characters that caught my attention. Sure. I'll, I'll do the second one and I'll do my first one. Uh, I'll do my first one uh, last, but master chief petty officer Tien. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but noble. I just love the fact that they had the focus of unorthodox mathematics. And I saw that I was like, Oh my goodness, what kind of stories could I build off that focus alone? So that, that, that was cool. But then I'm going to show a picture of my favorite character okay. because I learned something I never knew before. I think Lee designed this too. It's the triple. <laughs> so it is schematic of the triple. And I love that he highlighted where on the triple the self-fertilizing <laughs> system is. So I plan to make a full game. I, I plan to make a full game out of that. Just the idea of self fertilizing reproductive system i mean what does that look like if we zoomed in i don't know this is a family friendly show (laughs) (laughs) and uh, i'll I'll throw in a a, just a little easter egg here um i I really appreciate and i know i know we didn't plan this i think it's just it's really funny and i really i'm I'm chuffed that you mentioned that unorthodox mathematics was your was the focus that you really liked that is actually a nod to um hell on wheels which is a fantastic television series. It's a Western series uh, starring Anson Mount, of all people. Um, and uh, early on in the series, like at first season, it was one of the first episodes, there's an episode titled Immoral Mathematics. And the main adversary of the series talks about uh, certain things that happened to him during the Civil War and, and, and where immoral mathematics played a really key role in things that happened to him. And I just love the, I love the phrase immoral mathematics. And I was like, okay, I want to use something like that in here, but immoral didn't seem like the right fit because like it's not these characters aren't evil. He's a Starfleet uh, TN's a Starfleet officer, so they so I was like, oh, how can I how can I change that up just a little bit to keep the concept? And I was like, oh, how about unorthodox? That's cool. Like, what the heck is unorthodox mathematics? Right? Like, I don't know. Well, um, and you proved my point, which I've talked about so much about focuses is game masters players get off of looking for what's been done and create some crazy sounding thing like that and believe me a game master like me i'll do an entire episode off of unorthodox mathematics i could just see him meeting up with some zach dorn who are doing some sort of unorthodox mathematic competition and you know similar to the when data and the zach dorn went at it but i love that and i I marked that i was like oh i gotta figure out what that's what that's about so i'm glad you told me that history (laughs) about it that's awesome 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know fans live for this. I, I could go on. There's other examples too, but I, I think uh, you know some some of the some of the Easter eggs in here are, are uh, you know kind of for me. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that, I guess. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I know they're there and they make me happy, and uh, that's the, this is how I this is how I while away the 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 small hours of the night when I'm working on these books, squinting at the TV screen or squinting at the computer screen, trying to pull these books together. Right, I, I, I drop in little. Little little references here and there, and uh, you know sometimes people will catch them. And well, I'll um, drop in one more than maybe maybe you did yeah. it too. But I, I loved uh, Octavia Gar had retail operations as a focus. So again, every time I see a focus, I think, what kind of episode am I going to design around that? Yeah. And of course, the first thing I thought about was DS Nine, but um, I was like, wow, retail operations is a focus. You know how could how could they use that to confound a Starfleet crew? And I just I love stuff like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else about characters before we move on to the last chapters? Um, well, you know, uh, you know, we were just we were just focusing on the uh, the, the command staff. Uh, we added in some Klingons. We added in some uh, a whole bunch of uh, Orions, and then we added in um, you know example uh, three or four examples for each of the main uh, the new species, right? The the uh, the the Akeru, the Kofarari, the Kalmirans, and the Vinchari. We added a lot of NPCs for them just to start fleshing out the the species so that you can start dropping them into your games. Well, I want to say um, no spoilers, but I have to give it to Derek for the Vinshari, Madaja Ka, Isomorphous. I mean, mm. I think he was watching Black Panther and was thinking about the Dora Milaja when he designed these. But those, they, I'm like, wow, we finally have someone to compete with the, the Zatvash out there um, from the Romulans, for those of you who don't know that. But I love that one design for the Madaja Ka. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we also added in the, uh, the Till Call. Uh, some of the key, some of the key till call uh, NPCs are in here too. Uh, so just you know, tried to pack it full of stuff. Uh, we even dropped in a bestiary. Uh, so there's a handful of uh, of uh, creatures in here that because I know that uh, some fans are really eager for like the you know the monster manual for Star Trek Adventures, and I'm not sure that's entirely realistic because there's you know there's only so much. <laughs> but we, um, I had uh, I had uh, a writer come up with a whole bunch of creatures. And I, I picked the best eight and dropped or best eight in, in my mind anyway, that I thought were a most interesting contrast to each other. Dropped them in here, got some art. Uh, so we got some new beasties for you to throw at your players and uh, player character. Well, not your players, but your you know, player characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that rounds it out. We just tried to pack as much cool stuff in here as we could just to see what uh, what players would do with it and game masters. Well, that and then okay, good. So that's the creatures, allies, and adversaries going over to starships and vessels in chapter nine. I have to ask this question because I don't know if he did it on purpose and who wrote this. Okay, but right in the first chapter, or yeah, chapter nine, opening page 282, the theme of the box is pioneers in and near the expanse. Now you're wearing a USS Pioneer hat right now, which happens to be my and that's the exact ship that I've been running. Was that a did Aaron write that? I have to ask. No, I I wrote the sidebar. Um, <laughs> was that coincidence? Probably. Okay. You know, I want to I want to give you the ego boost and say it was all about you, but uh, I honestly don't, don't bother. Don't worry, I'm a married man. I have no ego. It's okay. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Cool. So I just had to tease about that. Anything special? I know Aaron did a lot of work on this chapter, if not all of it. On the yeah, chapter. well, you know, this is a, this is a, we hearken back to the uh, the actual playtest, right? The playtest for the Star Trek event. The Lexington, the Thunderchild, the uh, Venture, and the Bellerophon, which are all canon ships that were actually on in various sundry TV uh, episodes of the original series and next uh, next gen and DS9. 
And uh, I wanted to just kind of make sure that they were in here because like the conceit of the living campaign was that uh, a, a group of players would probably use one of those four ships from the from the um, from the playtest and then into the living campaign. Of course, you're free to use whatever ship you want, but we wanted to give everybody a starting point and say, look, if you don't want to make up your own ship, use one of the cannon ships. Um, and so we wanted to kind of reference the uh, you know reference the um, the playtesters who who served on these ships and their names are in the core book, of course, right? If you go and look, you can see who served on which one. Um, wanted to add in some uh, some service notes, meaning like you know if you want to see what these ships were up to in canon go watch this episode or go watch this movie or whatever, just that so you can fun. add that, that extra level of, of, you know, canon authenticity to it. Love um, that. Of course, I'm going to, uh, and then we added a bunch of other ships for the Orions and for, uh, don't skip, uh, don't, don't skip the one I know was Aaron's favorite. He had been dying to put in here for a while. And that was the <laughs> cetacean deep space explorer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, for those of you who want to play flipper in space, we got a ship for him. Now we're ready to go. Just flipper and Shamu is his first officer. I can just <laughs> see it happening. Um, so I, I have to give a shout out to that. That's one of the big Easter eggs in the book. I thought, yeah, a shout out to um, everything cetacean that started since star Trek voyage home. Um, when they came to look for their their people, the big space probe. Yeah, and uh, unexpected bonus is that um, uh, in season two of uh, Lower Decks, of course, they they reference the cetacean operations on the ship, and they have that whole the little scene with the with the, with the dolphins uh, um, in there with Boimler. And I was like, oh, that's just a nice little tie-in because we we dropped in the cetacean stuff into the Shackleton book, and it all kind of came out, you know, about the same time. And you know, of course, we didn't plan it that way, but it's just neat how how uh star trek you know the creators and the developers like we're all on, we're all on generally the same wavelength right yeah. and these these happy coincidences happen and if you look back on it uh you feel you would feel like oh that was uh almost intentional well, <laughs> right it's well it's true because i know since since i've met you and we talked about what you love the most i knew you're a big fan of packlets but you know you can't do too much <laughs> before we used to talk about well you can't do that much packlet stuff because they, they're yeah. really obscure characters and then all of a sudden lower decks come, De lower decks comes out it's like all packlet all the time and i was mm -hmm. like man jim must be loving this that's hilarious i love it I, I, it's just again just a funny circumstance that that it happened that way so yeah uh so we had it uh, again getting back to the book yeah <laughs> okay uh, we, we dropped in some klingon stuff uh uh we dropped in some orion stuff just you know more ships to throw at your players their characters uh and then uh, some ships for each of the new species like you have the the akeru uh explorer the calmeran ship uh, a couple of inshari vessels uh new ferengi uh and then the merchantmen like if you if you remember um uh, uh, Star Trek Three: Search for Spock. Uh, there's a um, is it Valeris? Is that her name? I don't remember what her name is. Yeah. Uh, well, she didn't uh, live that long. That's why. Cruz's Cruz's uh, Klingon spy slash. Yes. I'm guessing love interest. I don't know, uh, but that that type of starship is called the Merchantman. It was also featured in a whole bunch of Next Gen episodes of various bad guys. I I, I had the like Aaron had this thing written up, and we just didn't have a book to drop it into. And I was like, well, this is the perfect place for it. So we, we got the room. Let's do it. And, and then he uh, has the trait ubiquitous. Yeah. <laughs> which is exactly. perfect. I, I wish I wish we had had room to put some artwork in there for it, but uh, we just had, had to leave it. Uh, dropped in a Nausicaan ship because, you know, why not? Who Everybody loves Nausicaans. Uh, and then also this is a place where um, we, we, we didn't have a book where we could drop in the new um, Nemesis style uh, Romulan Warbird. Mm -hmm. And so just the way the timeline worked out that it could have been experimental 
at this point in time of the of the of the timeline. So I was like, well, let's throw it in there because that's another possible plot hook, right? You're the, you're in the Shackleton Expanse, or you're on your render station, and you're getting weird, you know, Tetrion emissions coming from Romulan space. What's that? Is it a cloaked ship? Is it a new type of cloaked ship, or is it something else? Uh, so just want to throw that in there as some uh, some possibilities. Very good. Well, I have to say, I'm scared of the Vinshari Stormbreaker class warship. Those yeah, weapons yeah. are scary. So what it lacks in maybe technology, adva technological advancement, it sure makes up with firepower. So yeah. really, yep. really cool design. All right. And that puts us to the final chapter, chapter 10, which is stellar cartography. What was the goal for this chapter? Yeah, this was... Uh, um... Yeah, this was me wanting to to give game masters just another cool tool to play with because i was like and this is again harkens to the whole the whole sandbox idea of like you know it was a conscious decision on my part to not include a map of the expanse right i know i know fans and i'm, I'm guilty of this too like i want maps i love maps i love good cartography I, I love Star Charts, the Jeffrey Mandel book that, that has all the great Star Trek um, maps and cartography in it. And I was like, you know what? Consciously, I don't want to map the Shackleton Expanse. I don't want to give game masters and players a map and saying, here's what it is. And there's no deviation from that. And, and no, this you do it this way. This planet is this far away from this planet, and this planet is this far away from that planet. Like Star Trek has never done that, right? They've never done a good job intentionally, I think, because they don't want they don't want the writers to be pinned down. Right. to truth right because you want yeah. it to be flexible based on an easier plot and i was like but at the same time though like wouldn't it be cool if you could kind of like explore the expanse and map it out as you go and like just roll some dice on some random tables because like you know i remember back in the day as a young game master i love the rpgs that had random tables where i could start just rolling some dice in the middle of the night and just like start drawing a map based mm -hmm. on what the results were right and i was like well here's an opportunity we could do that for star trek and do it for the Shackleton Expanse, where like if you want to truly make your own Shackleton Expanse, then go sector by sector, roll on these <laughs> charts and tables, pull the charts and tables out of the core book about you know creating planets, and and really truly make it your own. And uh, you know I, I leaned on Aaron quite a bit to get the science in here right, and I had some help from uh, from uh, uh, Gavin, one of the one of the project managers in um, Modifius. He's really smart on science too, and he gave us some pointers as well. And so like using this. Like literally a game master, three different game masters will create three completely different expanses. And that's exactly what I wanted because it'll be perfect for each of their campaigns. And, uh, and that's what I wanted is that I want you to make your own expanse. And here's a, here's a toolkit on how to do that. Um, so that was really the, the intention here. And of course, I tried to do it in as few pages as possible because we were running up at the upper limit of how long this book could be. And uh, I thought about cutting this chapter. Uh, but by that point, I was so invested in it. I was like, no, six pages isn't going to break the book. <laughs> no, yeah, you know, I'm glad you didn't. I, there's different, I, we've talked about it before. There's different types of game masters. There's some who are, love tables. I'm not a table person. I, I never have used tables much. Um, but there are others who really love having tables. We hear it. And so what amazes me about the book now that we've talked about it in its full expanse, in its full expanse, ha, ha, pun, ah. 
um, <laughs> is that it services both the way out there far far out sandboxer, which I think I'm leaning more you know toward the longer I play, yeah, um, yeah. but also for those who really get nervous with that and want to build structure, all the tools are in the core rulebook and the Shackleton Expanse guide to come up with your entirely own amazing Star Trek movie series, whatever style you're playing. So good job, Jim, if no one's told you that. Uh, <laughs> thanks. I'm sure someone has. Uh, last, last little thing, because, uh, I mean, we could do this all day. I could I could tell you stories about every every page in this thing. Give it to me. Come on, give uh, us those last Easter eggs. I want to hear don't, them uh, don't Don't sleep on the inside end papers, uh, because these are, this was really cool. Like, um, uh, uh, Tobias Richter is a, uh, is a uh, professional... Oh designer of uh, ships and stuff and he does he does so much work for star trek it's amazing um he he designed the he he took rick sternbach's design of the norenja station and he created this full-blown um isometric view of the top side top side and bottom of the station and then i gave that to uh to lee and said this is going to be our end papers can you please take rick sternbach's schematic that he provided us in the beta book and like take those labels and adapt it to to this layout of the station that that Tobias gave us, and I thought he did a great job on that. But then he he took it to the next level, which I always appreciate when artists like do what you ask, but then they, then they go to the next level beyond. Is mm -hmm. he he added this little bit at the bottom of the page with the um, the support craft complement. He added in the the pictures of the of the runabout and the mission scout ship and the shuttlecraft and all that stuff that are stationed on the stage. I was like, that's just so cool. It's these little schematics and it just, it adds something to the, to the end papers of like, Hey, you know, you're on the station, you're, you're a player character on the station. What kind of craft are available to you? Cause those, every one of these is a potential plot hook. Right. And yes. I, like, I, I can see your gears are turning already, but like, Oh, <laughs> there, there are transport tugs assigned to Narendra station. What can I do with the transport tugs? You know, shuttle drones, work bees, travel pods, all the different shuttle types. Like, there's just some some story potential well, here. And I and that's and again, I'm going to go back to looking at these books, slowing down, turn off the TV, yeah. get whatever your favorite refreshment is, go through each page. Because to your point, look at under support craft complement what he did for the Danube class runabout, which is one of my favorite ships. Mm -hmm. uh, Look, he put the different modular loadouts, which is actually <laughs> more than is listed in yeah. the write-up. And mm -hmm. so, for instance, you have the executive. What's the executive one? Does it have like velvet chairs, a hot tub in the back? Like <laughs> maybe. <laughs> right. If, a if it's a Ferengi, yeah, no, it does. Yeah. Emergency tactical. And notice there's even a classified one. So now I'm like, ooh, what kind of technology is on that baby? Right. Right. What kind of you know, and and, and don't skip the art people you can you yeah. can play the game the book but for those of you who are looking for fresh ideas there's stuff here that's not in any of the tv shows make your own epic story it's amazing to me yeah oh i'm glad you showed me that again see and i forget <laughs> I, I i go i now there's so many books you know, i'm looking at my shelf i have every single book and now we got the new yeah. guide which i'll I'll be reading. Um, going back to the Shackleton Expanse, huge achievement. Of course, want to shout out all the artists, all the writers, all yeah. of the technical support um, people. It's fun watching people waiting for it in the mail so that we know there's all that support staff that's getting it out there, shipping and distributing, marketing, um, yeah. things like that. But a big, a big achievement for Modifius. So good job, Jim. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. With that, whew, let's go ahead and do another shout out as per tradition. We always want to shout out the brick and mortars, which 
buy these books and get them out to the consumers and then play, you know, get people to play. Um, if you're a game master, an aspiring game master, you don't have people to play with, go to a brick and mortar and talk to the owner and say, hey, can I on a Saturday at two o'clock, you know, uh, you know, run a little game and, and try this out and do a starter set? And you'll be surprised at how these owners will support you. Um, and, and, and that could become a regular thing. Meet some friends, keep playing. I'm going to give a shout out uh, to uh, one of our brick and mortars out of Canada, out of Al Calgary, Alberta, Canada, uh, Kyle Burns, Bur excuse me, Kyle Burl says he's been buying gaming stuff ever since the FASA era. So he's taking it way back into Star Trek awesome. uh, RPG. So that's awesome. We love that. Um, and the name of the store is The Century Box in Calgary, Alberta. So keep that brick and mortar going strong. We love you. Very cool. What do you got going on, Jim? Uh, well, because we're wrapping up talking about the Shackleton book, I want to make, I, I suspect I've talked about him before. I, I can't remember. I'd have to go back and watch the episodes, but uh, I want to shout out Keith Garrett. He is uh, he is a freelance editor, uh, proofreader and writer. He's uh, worked on a lot of the Star Trek books. He is my, uh, he is my, he is my, um, my, my primary proofreader, uh, but he and I swap um, roles on books. Like, cause I, I, like I said earlier, I can't edit my own stuff. So I make sure he edits anything that I write. And then I proofread it, um, but uh, he's he's edited a lot of stuff on the uh, on the line, especially the the, the standalone adventures. He's taken a lot of responsibility for the standalone adventures lately, taking the primary cut of the editing, and then I go in behind him to to tidy up or whatever, and or do do the, do the uh, proofreading. So thank you to Keith for being around for uh, almost as long as I have on the on the game. So thank you, Keith, uh, for all the hard work that you do and all the hard work that you're going to be doing. And I've got more writing for you coming up too, because I know you're tired of editing everything and you want to do some writing. So uh, um, th thank you to Keith, especially. That's awesome. Yeah, amazing, amazing people working on all of this. Yeah. So this is the latest episode of Continuing Conversations. We really appreciate everyone who tunes in. We love hearing about it. We hope it makes some for some good listening, some good watching for all of you. Thanks again, Jim. Thank you, Michael, as always. Great pleasure to, uh, to be here with you. All right. Take care, everyone. All right. Live long and prosper, y'all. See you next time.